Okay. You can take it from here. What is it supposed to do? I don't know why it does. Oh, this side. Can you hear me, Guru Dave? Yeah, we can hear you. You can hear me? Okay. Oh, here. I'm just, I'm trying to uh, kind of configure this for Guru Maharaj. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. So, good afternoon. Good evening. Good evening. Can you hear me? Um, could you speak a little bit louder? Yeah. Wow. Um, could you try speaking a little bit louder? Yeah. Let me try. Uh, this maybe this will be better. Is that better? Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's way better. Yay. Way better. Okay. Good. Well, again, good afternoon. Suman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai. So uh, I'll just begin. We're, we're gathered on the eventful uh, occasion of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance. And um, speaking to you from Audarya, I think you might see the deities here to my, to my right, which would probably be your left behind me. Um, and uh, it's an honor to speak with you all on such an auspicious occasion. I want to uh, refer to some verses from Srimad Bhagavatam that I consider the most um, definitive verses in terms of the Goswamis, our founding Acharya's attempt to locate Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on the scriptural map um, in, their, in, their, in their time. Of course, uh, they uh, very much... Uh, centered their study and understanding of the sacred texts around Srimad Bhagavatam and these verses are from Srimad Bhagavatam as well. Um, they, of course, Bhagavatam has been around for a long time and prior to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance and um, they were understood in different ways previous to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance by different uh, lineages outside of ours, which hadn't uh, uh, started until the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. However, uh, that said, when we hear the explanation of Jiva Goswami, his explanations, comments on these verses, it becomes so clear that they are uh, speaking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And in this context, they, of course, they speak in a predictive sense about the, um, the Kali Yuga avatar yet to come. Hmm? The context of these verses in the 11th canto of the 5th chapter is that the Karabhajana Rishi is uh, speaking about the different Yuga avatars. One of the types of 
avatars. Avatara means avatara means to cross over Tara from up to down. And so the appearance uh, within time and space of, of the Godhead uh, for the purpose of uh, helping us transcend the limits of time and space and understanding that we ourselves as a unit of consciousness transcend the limits of time and space. So, so not only in this case to transcend the limits of time and space, but going with all the full prospect of the Atma um, when it is uh, bathed in, in the blessing of the uh, of the avatar, the bhakti that it may not, I mean to say it's a blessing. It's not a right of the atma, but it's a blessing. Uh, and with that blessing, then the atma's full potential can be realized. The atma in Gaudiya terminology is often referred to as tatasta shakti, one of the shaktis of Bhagavan. As you know, tatasta means like the borderline. The implication of this uh, term, uh, in terms of uh, defining ourselves is that uh, we, we, we reside on the borderline, which means to say we cannot be fully understood in terms of what we are without reference to our environment. Hmm? Whether the environment is the Maya Shakti or Krishna's internal Srup Shakti, the former being um, an influence that is deluding and the latter being an influence that's illuminating, enlightening. Hmm? Not only, not only not only illuminating and and, and enlightening, but um, um, enabling the atma to experience the full measure of spiritual emotion, so feeling as well. Um, so living on the borderline, that's the very meaning of tatasta. And our personality, if you will, even today, materially speaking, is a a product of our interface with sense objects through our senses that uh, brings impressions on the mind that we reject or we accept, we like or we dislike, and this is what differentiates us from one another and in effect uh, forms our personality. So... Conversely, of course, if we're under the influence of the Sarup Shakti and the influence of Bhakti, then as a sadhak, as a practitioner, we'll strive to bring our senses in touch with sense objects only for the pleasure of, of Krishna. This will obviously create a different personality altogether, right? And it's, it's what constitutes forming, if you will, a relationship with, with Bhagavan, which we have the potential to, to have, um, given who we are and his grace. So avatar means his grace. So there are different types of avatars. It's a big topic in, uh, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Mm-hmm. Um, many people claim to be incarnation, not many people, but some claim to be incarnations over the ages, avatars, and so on and so forth. Um, it would probably be, from our point of view, uh, dumbstruck if asked, what type of avatar are you exactly are you a Shaktivesh avatar? If so, which type of Shaktivesh avatar? Are you a Yuga avatar, a, a Purusha avatar, a, a um, Leela avatar? Um, are you the avatari, uh, the source of avatars, and so on and so forth? Many, many types. And so in this section of the Bhagavatam, the discussion is the Yuga avatar, the avatar, the crossing of Bhagavan from up to down into the world, 
um, in terms of a particular uh, climates of time, um, qualities of time, if you, as you uh, speak about different qualities of time that have uh, with them cor uh, corresponding um, means that are most efficacious for deliverance of the jiva from the um, cycle of birth and death from the influence of the Maya Shakti. So uh, this is the function of the Yuga avatar. So the Sati Yuga, the Treta Yuga, the Dwarpa Yuga, and the Kali Yuga. So the Rishi in Bhagavatam is going through the descriptions, the characteristics of the different um, Yuga avatars, what they look like, what their, the color of their complexion is, what their function is, so on and so forth. And then he, uh, where we want to start here today um, with our discussion is um, where he concludes uh, his description of the Treta Yuga avatar, which is the previous time cycle or quality of, of time, and um, and um, and begins then his description of the of the of the Yuga avatar for Kali Yuga. Now, of course, I'm going to give the explanation of these verses that comes from Jiva Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, our Shastra Acharyas, the founding Acharyas of our whole uh, lineage. Um, and, and as I said, they've been interpreted in other ways previous to that. But, but aside from those, the explanations of the Goswamis, when you hear them, you think, how could it have been interpreted in any other way? Hmm? Um, so that's why I say, as I did at the beginning, that in my opinion, as far as the academic effort of locating the ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the embodiment of ecstasy that he is on the scriptural map, who he is, exactly. he's obviously divine, that's without, a, without a question, even historically speaking. He's not a person who is from the mytho-historic era, if you will, or an era that can't be... Um, um, It's historically, in terms of modern history, um, dated, verified, and so forth. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by contrast, to, to, to Krishna, whom he's the avatar of, who he is himself, even the avatari in a particular mood for a particular purpose, one of the purposes being to disseminate the Dharma of the Yuga, as I'm mentioning. Um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was an actual historical uh, figure, by modern sense of history. And um, indisputably, a, a, a uh, embodiment of ecstatic transformation. So the Goswami sought to locate this obvious uh, manifestation of divinity on the sacred texts, which were the map um, very much of the time and are for us in our time, in our lives as, as, uh, as practitioners. And um, so their interpretations of these verses are very uh, profound insightful and and um, they make it very clear that these are predictive verses from the Bhagavatam thousands of years prior to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's advent speaking about his advent in terms of his capacity as the Yuga Avatar. There are two sides to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and we'll probably discuss a little bit about that. The external side playing the role of the Yuga Avatar and the internal side uh, being Krishna pursuing his own, um, well, doing what Krishna does, pursuing the taste of, of bhakti rasa. Mm -hmm. 
that uh, requires separate Leela or an encore Leela to its own Leela in, in order to fully, uh, fully pursue having experienced um, or witnessed the ecstasy of, of Radha and the gopis in his separation and realizing that the measure of their Radha in particular, her, her love uh, and, uh, is such that it's attractive to him and and um, and and how is it he was all attractive can be attracted to someone else? He should be atmaram, self-satisfied. Of course, this is his expansion of his own self, if you will. And as I often say, he, he realizes, being the intelligent uh, uh, fellow that he is, that it, that it is something in him that Radha sees that makes her the way she is, which in effect is attractive to himself. So he is all attractive, but there's something about him that from her angle of vision can be experienced that from his angle of vision cannot. And so he wants to taste that as the internal, basically in a brief uh, description, reason for his advent that coincides with the time of Kali Yuga. Hmm? So most of you are aware of that, but the verses, to go to them now, from the 11th canon, the fifth chapter, the second half of the, um, would be the, um, I think the 31st verse, uh, reads as such, Nana Tantavidhana so having, as I said, in the first half of the verse, concluded his description of the Treta Yuga avatar, now he's describing the Kali Yuga avatar. He says, Kalov api tatashrinu. Now he's got everyone's attention, Barishi. He's speaking about the Yuga avatars. Now he comes to Kali Yuga, but he says something in particular that's uh, of interest and which characterizes the age and that is, he says, listen up. <laughs> in other words, he's talked about, he's, he's, he began the discussion by saying, I'll talk about the Yuga avatars, having been questioned about them. And he goes through the Sati Yuga avatar, the Treta Yuga avatar, the Dwarpa Yuga avatar, I should have said, precedes the Kali Yuga. Um, but when he comes to the Kali Yuga, he says, now pay attention, listen, listen up. It's, it's, again, it's a characteristic of the age. Uh, it's hard to pay attention. It's becoming harder and harder as we become bombarded more and more by information and uh, sound bites and so on and so forth, which are not conducive to our aim of spiritual practice. It's difficult, but it's important that we keep our focus on what's important, what life's about. There are many, many offers and many ideas of what life's about um, from the uh, from the world, um, but. Um, our idea, I think, thoughtfully, uh, arguably retires them in terms of being viable alternatives to what's being offered. And what's being offered is not just a theory. If you apply yourself to this fully, you will have experience. Hmm? The idea, of course, is to transcend the material body. As I said, to realize the Atman, its prospect, and under the influence of another environment, the Bhakti environment, the internal energy of Krishna, and the spiritual personality in relationship with Krishna. It may sound far-fetched to some, you're going to have a spiritual body, if you will, but this body is, is, is that we have now is formed in the same way. We're not suggesting that we do anything different. Our, our bodily sense of self, if you will, the mind-body composite that we are, there's a lot of studies these days about the body 
in academics, um, from a social point of view, from a political point of view, from a philosophical point of view, rather than from a scientific point of view in, in, in the humanities and so forth. Um, um, but uh, here we have a body made of senses, as I said, as I said earlier, in touch with sense objects, registering impressions, resulting in a personality of likes and dislikes, happies and sads. So that's what the body is. If we just change that focus, it's very simple, hmm? to interacting with sense objects only for the pleasure of Krishna's senses. Rishikena, Rishikesha, Sevanam, Bhakti Ruchali. This is a definition of Bhakti. Rupa Goswami drew from, from Lord Pancharaka when he wrote his own uh, defining verse. Um, how's that verse called? Thank you. So, by serving the senses of Rishikesh, this means this is a name for Krishna, means master of the senses, with our senses, that's what bhakti is. There's a statement, a similar statement in Chaitanya Charitamrita. It's, uh, what does it say? He says, Kamendriya Priti. Uh, the desire for um, serving the senses hmm, is what we call calm. And Krishnendriya Priti, Vancha. Priti or Prem is the desire to serve Krishna with our senses. We just, uh, we don't even change the object, so to speak, of senses. We just change. Uh, well, for whom we're engaging with our senses in um, uh, in relation to sense, sense objects. So this will obviously transform the material body. Hmm? Give you a different personality. And, and of course, as we use the sadhaka deya in this way, practitioner's body, then this internal spiritual body personality will rise. So, Tathasrinu says, pay attention now. This is, this is uh, something that uh, might be missed. Hmm? And uh, he's kind of putting a microphone to the discussion when it comes to Kali Yuga, a megaphone, amplifying it as is required in this age. It's required for a couple of reasons because what he's going to talk about, the method given by the Yuga Avatar is so simple that it might be missed. Hmm? It's not complicated at all. It's very easy. We're talking about bringing the senses in touch with sense objects only for the pleasure of Krishna. In another way, this, this, this idea is talked about when it's said in, in, in the sacred text, Atashri Krishna Namadi Nabhavet Grahimindri Segan Muke Hijivadu Svayamivasparatita. It says with material senses, you cannot experience Krishna. But these material senses, what are they? They're based on an enjoying spirit where we're, again, in touch with sense objects for the pleasure of our senses. When we convert that to a serving ego, jiva do, he says, jiva do, beginning ado with the jiva, with the tongue, hmm? by placing the nama, the name of Krishna, on that tongue. Hmm? This is a powerful, powerful uh, method, method to the madness of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And paying attention to that, hmm? then very, very quickly one can bring about this conversion, if you will. 
of the senses, really from material to, for, all, for all intents and purposes to, to spiritual. So uh, it's a simple process, simple method. It's, it's not hard to sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are inclined towards it <laughs> naturally, even in the shower, as they say. So, uh, but it, it, it could be missed in Kali Yuga, a, which is, which is a, a, a theater of misconception and misinformation. I mean, we even experience it in the world today, commercially, uh, from a corporate point of view, politically speaking, so much misinformation, mm-hmm. uh, fake information. About, we say that about the fake information, Fake news about fake news about fake news uh, has become, of course, a common uh, phrase. Mm-hmm. We're just taking it one step back. The whole thing is fake. <laughs> the whole thing is fake. Mm. I'll assume in Mahaprabhu we'll hear about it as we go forward. Of course, he took sannyas for our sake. Mm-hmm. And when he was called upon you know, by his friends and associates not to do so, out of their praying, out of their love for him, mm-hmm. His mother praised him and said, "You know, you, you, you're mature for your age. You're, 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 you have such beauty, such um, you're, you're very learned. Hmm? Um, you, you come from such a good family, Brahmin family." He replied with statements like, "Well, Dhruva wasn't mature. Hmm? Uh, Kubja wasn't beautiful." Hmm? Gajendra the elephant wasn't didn't have any knowledge. Vidura uh, didn't have a high birth. They didn't have any of these things, but they had Krishna Prem. Hmm? These things can't purchase Krishna Prem. They're worth nothing. They're counterfeit. Hmm? They can't give us anything but re- repetition of birth and death. Hmm? There is only an appearance of acquisition, only an appearance of gain. When in fact, we just go into debt, into debt, into karmic debt, deeper and deeper with every breath and every move we make, if you every will to take, to acquire. So, pay attention, he says. Listen, this is a simple thing, but there's a lot of misinformation out there. Look at the philosophical world, how complicated it's become. When we unhinge thinking, intellectualizing from this dispensation of revelation, whether it be Eastern or Western, hmm, that there, are, there, are, there, there, there is information about the more of life that we sense must, might probably must exist, live our lives as if it does, if there's something more than what meets the eye and the mind, but can't find it with our present equipment. Brahma had foreheads. He couldn't find it with his equipment. Hmm? The equipment that he had in and of itself was not sufficient to find the more, to experience the more hmm? that he was, that we are as a unit of consciousness. Hmm? So there's a need from, from beyond nature the natural world does provide instruments for, for making your way. As I've said often, different forms of life, all the different uh, forms of life have some built-in system of protection. Uh, they know from nature, provides them understanding of what to eat, what not to eat, how to mate, 
how to how to uh, how to sleep, eat, mate, pretend. So all these how questions, basic how questions, these are answered by nature, hmm? because they are they are questions in relation to the body mind complex, which is part of nature. But we are of another nature. So the natural world can't answer the question of why am I, what's the more, hmm? without realizing it, I'm constituted of. Hmm? So, so, so revelation, this is the, the very principle of revelation. Hmm? It's not reasonable to, to conclude that we should know everything with our present equipment, that, that we should be, able, as a species, able to know everything. We don't think any other species can know everything. We think that we know more than them. We might in some measure, in another measure we may not, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there's, there's no reason to, believe, to, to conclude that necessarily that we have the equipment to know everything. There, there is a branch of philosophy called mysterium, 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 these days, which reaches that conclusion. We just don't have the equipment to understand consciousness. There are mysteries that will not be known. Of course, we reply to that, yes, we don't have the equipment, but, but the mysteries being greater than ourselves are not without the capacity to reveal themselves. If life's a mystery and we don't have the equipment to solve it, that means that that life's meaning and purpose is bigger than ourselves, so to speak. Why should we limit it and not think it, doesn't, it has no capacity to reveal itself to us? Again, then we, we bring it down beneath us when we've already stated it's, it's beyond us, beyond us. This raising the hands or folding them like this, this faith is a natural, actually a natural reaction to the mystery of life that our present senses of equipment, tools, do not um, afford us the capacity. To, they don't give us the key. We can't unlock it. Now, if we understand that, and this is the natural reaction. Fold the hands or raise the hands, chant Hare Krishna. Huh? So there is something reasonable about revelation, the capacity of the universal mind, if you will, put it in like broad terms, to reveal itself, to tell us something about itself, tell us the more. This is the kind of the principle of, uh, of revelation. And the idea here is, of course, that as much as the natural world cannot answer a question that our supernatural self, the Atma, unit of consciousness, is asking in human life, to get answers of that category, hmm, we have to hear from beyond the natural world. That's the principle of revelation. Mm -hmm. We have to hear from the consciousness world, from the super subjective world, not from the objective world. Mm -hmm. From the world that we're grounded in, so to speak, as a unit of consciousness. We're only a tiny unit of it. And we're so small, obviously, that we have the capacity to be overwhelmed by the objective world. Mm -hmm. So we need help. Mm -hmm. So, to answer the why questions, the meaning, the purpose questions, the value questions, well, you have to go to consciousness, not to matter, but to go to the supernatural world. And there are dispensations from that world, which is within ourselves, if you will. Hmm? Those who have traveled within, 
This was what Brahma did. He looked within. He searched within. He heard tapa, you're going in the right direction. Go within. Tapa means really to go within. <laughs> it means knowledge. It means to restrain the senses from going outward. Restrain the mind from pursuing a life of acquisition. Refrain from the idea that the, uh, the, uh, the apparent appearance of acquisition. By that I'm becoming, I'm, I'm realizing the more. No. So tapa, knowledge, it means like this tapa, penance, austerity, bhakti, sacrifice, it means. So he went within. And there he, he, got, he got information from that side. So revelation, this is the, the principle. And, and here, so in Bhagavatam, the central uh, hub, if you will, of the Eastern revelation from the Gaudiya perspective in speaking to our time the quality of our time says to begin with Tata Srinu Kalovapi in Kali Yuga now pay attention it's Kali Yuga so there's, I'm making a lot about this one statement here and a half of the verse but it's important he's characterizing just by saying pay attention the nature of Kali Yuga and the lack of our ability to do so to pay attention in the first place, to pay attention to what's, what's important um, um, in, in the ultimate uh, sense, uh, and so forth. And he's also saying pay attention, not only because of the nature of Kali Yuga, but because the nature of the avatar that is now going to be described, because, as we'll hear, and I should, I guess I should go to the next uh, verse, uh, well, he says, listen up, first of all, hmm? The, the information about the avatar for Kali Yuga is, and how to worship this avatar is nana tantra bidana and it's mostly found in the tantra. So There's a certain body of the sacred literatures from where uh, our founding acharyas have uh, 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 drawn the mantras, the procedures, commissioned as they were by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that we employ in our uh, practice and all to, um, to, to realize our ideal. Um, and so having said that, he goes on now in, in the next verse, famous verse, to describe the, the Yuga Avatar. And as we'll see, another reason why he has said, pay attention here, listen up, hmm? which he hasn't said with regard to any other Yuga uh, because of the time, the quality of the time being different as I'm mentioning. And also because of the nature of the avatar, because the nature of the avatar in Kali Yuga is that he is disguised. In other words, he's God, avatar, but he comes in the form of the devotee of himself. Because the best teaching in the time when people are least receptive to be taught, when there's more difficult to create a teachable moment, then you have to have the most profound form of teaching. So what is the most profound form of, form of teaching? That is example. So we say often example speaks louder than precept. We can speak all day long about the precept, precept, precept but if our example uh, differs from that, who will pay attention to us? Who will take us seriously, right? Hmm? In the Gita, Krishna makes this point. He said, yadyat achati shestas. 
I should set an example by my actions because this is what great people do. They teach by their example. And this is very much a characteristic of the Chaitanya avatar. By he, 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 this is Krishna, as we'll hear, in his Acharya Leela, in his Leela as a, as a teacher and as a devotee. And he didn't write any books. He didn't write any commentary on the sutras of, of Vyas, like other Acharyas do when uh, establishing their, their lineage and so forth. A, uh, a credible um, interpretation of the sacred texts and their implications and so forth, which is the text that has lent themselves to slightly nuanced interpretations given that the nature of transcendence is variegated. It's not just one plus size uh, fits all. Hmm? So there, there's, there's room for nuance of different interpretations, all of which, of course, have things in common that, uh, for example, being ego-facing and, uh, and uh, bringing an end to, to the karmic implications of our, our present lives and so on and so forth. But the way in which they do that offers a different uh, trajectory into uh, transcendence, arguably. This is a way in which, of course, we can appreciate different traditions um, to be all examples, let's say, of a perennial uh, philosophy hmm? Uh, in a way that honors what they say their goal is. Hmm? Because sometimes people say, well, all these religions can't be right. Well, all of them that are like what I would include in the perennial philosophy, their ego effacing and so forth, they can be right. The nature of transcendence is that it's variegated. Uh, and why not? In Bhagavatam, it says about the avatars we're discussing, asankhya, the faces of the Godhead are uncountable, unlimited. So, so this particular face of the Godhead, then, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is Krishna himself in the form of the devotee of himself. So we should have to pay attention to understand this Yuga avatar. Because the Yuga avatars and other, other ages are all uh, obviously uh, the divinity uh, himself. Here is divinity himself as a devotee of himself. It's rather complicated. So another reason why he says we should pay attention. Hmm? And then he says, what about him? Hmm? At the defining verse, Krishna varnam tisakrishnam sango pangastu parshanam yagnaya sankirtana prayer yajanti hi sumerasaha. He's, uh, he says that those people who are sumedasa, medasa means intelligence, and sumedasa means who are very intelligent. This kind of in, what was talked about here, the term sumedasa, Puchapachita Marsh interpreted sukritivan, means who has, possesses sufficient uh, um, some scars of bhakti over lifetimes to be, to be such that they are psychologically disposed to, upon hearing about Krishna Bhakti and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation, to identify with it. Hmm? To, and, 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 and be able to have these kind of discussions and understand something about what's being said uh, and, 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 and uh, resonate with it and so forth. This is what is meant by Sumedas, a certain type of... Uh, it's not just intelligence, but a certain quality of 
intelligence and, and psychology coming from impressions um, of the past of, um, um, of accumulated impressions of, of, of bhakti. It's not just reason that causes us to take a, a particular path in, in any field, but our psychology, obviously, disposes us to, 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 to like um, one side of the political argument or, or, or another, or uh, uh, any uh, debate of any, on, of any particular subject or religious path and so forth. So those who are sufficiently disposed by previous uh, good fortune, Sumedas, what do they do? They engage in this Sankirtan. This was the method to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's madness. It takes different dynamic forms. Kirtan, this is a form of Kirtan. Um, and now, discussion from the sacred texts and, and to an audience, you're listening. Um, but Yagnai uh, Sankirtan Aperi says this, um, uh, this um, sacrifice, I often say that love is born from the womb of sacrifice. So this is a sacrifice of Nam. Mm-hmm. Um, to um, uh, embrace the notion um, that, that the, the God that is non different from his name. Mm-hmm. And he describes him. He says, Krishna Varnam to Krishna. He, this Yugavatar in Kali Yuga is, um, Varnam here means syllables, and Krishna means Krishna. So he's always repeating the Varna, the syllables of Krishna. He said, listen up, now I'm going to tell you about the Kali Yuga Avatar. He's always repeating the syllables, Krishna, Krishna. Now, obviously, this is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There are a number of, um, I think really all religious traditions, in, in, in a sense, extol the virtues of the name of God in one way or another. Either it's too too holy to to to, to chant, or uh, different names in different traditions, which speak about qualities of, of 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 the Godhead, are invoked in different ways and so forth. But with, with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you find a whole theology of the name. This was the this was in the, uh, the central method, as I say to his uh, madness. So Krishna Varnam, he, the Yuga in Kali Yuga, is always uttering the syllables, Krishna, Krishna. And Krishna Varnam, Tisa Krishna. But he himself is Tisa Krishna. Krishna also means dark. Hmm? But he himself is not dark. Hmm? Krishna is dark. Sham, Sham Sundar. He's black and beautiful. Hmm? Black is beautiful. So Krishna Varnam, Tisa Krishna. He comes... He utters the names of Krishna constantly. That he himself is of a golden complexion, the opposite of dark. And he He comes along with uh, his uh, sangha, astra, parshanam, his associates, his generals, if you will, in his army of of uh, dispensation. I don't want to go into this verse. At, at length, but it's a basic description of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the method to his, again, to his ecstasy and to his, his madness. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, text goes on, um, and I'm, I'm going to go through these a little quickly because I want to center the bulk of the discussion on one of the verses, the last of the four. 
He says that Dhyayam uh, Sada. Dhyayam means meditation. Sada means always. Now, you cannot always meditate. To meditate, there are certain conditions are required to sit peacefully, quietly, um, without distraction, so on and so forth. But Dhyayam Sadhama here means that always referring to the meditation that is results from Kirtan, which can become done as Mahaprabhu taught anywhere, at any time, in any place, and collectively. So it's plural. Dhyayam Sadhama Paribhavnamadishta Dhyayam. So um, this uh, speaks about um, the fact that Dhyam Sadaparivabdham Abhishtadoham. Abhishtadoham means the method described here when applied is such that the, the true prospect of the Atma can be realized and the world. Hmm? A very nice description of the world is this, uh, that uh, taking shelter of this type of meditation, this, this kirtan, um, is uh, at the feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is such that the world of insults describes the material world as a place of insults. Hmm? <laughs> It's not a, a Pakistan talk used to say it's not a nice place for a gentleman or a gentlewoman. It's 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 don't don't try to just pitch a tent and get through the night and spend your day hearing and chanting and pursuing real estate in a land where there's no insults. There's no, uh, uh, there's a Spanish word, molestar, don't bother me, don't molest me. Hmm? Uh, from every angle, this, this, is, this is how it describes the world, and, and I, I, I personally appreciate it. Uh, so by taking shelter of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this type of meditation, kirtan, you can experience the, the prospect of the Atma and transcend the world of, of insults. Hmm? Um, his feet are like, they're, they're like a tirtha of themselves, a holy, holy place, hmm? where he's standing, in other words, hmm? on the ground of, of being and dancing on the ground of being. Hmm? This, is a, this is a safe place, a place to get like a, like, like a boat to cross over the... Uh, the uh, the, um, the sea of um, material uh, existence. Hmm? It, it, it says that um, uh, to cross the ocean of birth and death, um, he gives us that capacity. Um, he is such that 
that even Shiva and Brahma glorify him. So somebody asked me about this the other day um, on one of the Sunday calls. This verse answers, who is the Shiva and what is the example of Shiva and Brahma glorifying this avatar? Well, in Chaitanya avatar, we find Advaita is the Shiva, of course, and he himself described Haridas, the, the so-called outcast, who became so prominent in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's outreach um, that he dubbed him the Acharya or the teacher of how to chant Namacharya. Uh, Advaita referred to him as Brahma Haridas. So the Brahma and Shiva of Kali Yuga appearing in the world along with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu glorifying him. And then we come to the verse, the final of these four that I wanted to go into a little more depth. Says, I offer myself under the great Mahapurusha, the great person under his lotus feet, who who chakva means to give up, to, to renounce. So here we come to some reference to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, sannyas. The life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that we study is referred to as the prakat or the visible leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but there's an invisible or unmanifest leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as well as there is an unmanifest leela of, of Krishna. And it is these two leelas that we seek to enter into. And um, the, we hear in the Bhagavatam about the leela of Krishna, mytho-historic uh, 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 descriptions out of the arising, I say, uh, mytho-historic because out of Vyasa's samadhi. Hmm? He went into trance as described in the Bhagavatam. What he experienced, he came out and he tried to talk about. That is what the balance of the Bhagavatam is about. Hmm? It culminates, of course, in this Krishna Lila. This is something that, that, that um, appears in the subjective realm, hmm? in the meditative realm under the influence of Krishna's internal shakti in this world of consciousness that we're just a tiny particle of, hmm? a particle of consciousness, chitkana. There's the whole world of that hmm? from where, again, the revelation comes. And so uh, from that side, Vyasa hmm, um, experienced uh, Krishna Lila and wrote about it. We call it the Prakat Lila. It's the manifest Lila. We say it happened on earth, historically, uh, in time. But really, if we look carefully, we see it happened in the heart of Vyas. Something happened, which was visible to everyone. There is some historical reference to, to, to Krishna and Balaram, their coins with, the, with, with their names on them. It used to be used for currency and so forth. But, but what Vyas saw and theologized about in his meditation and described in the Bhagavatam, that is the Prakat Lila. It's Krishna seen with meditative eyes, not with a third eye, but with, eye, with eyes tinged with the salve of love, third eye and more, we can say. Um, 
And of course, he speaks about it in such a way as to try to put into words all that that uh, experience of play of the Godhead in the full sense of the term Krishna is sometimes referred to as Lila Purushottam. When it comes to Lila, there's no person who more embodies the play of the divine, of the absolute, than Krishna. That, that's not a, something to argue. <laughs> that's a, an obvious fact. Even within Krishna Lila, the more he, the closer he is to Braj, to, to his, his, in Braj he has nothing to do. He's the son of the rich parents, the king and queen of the cowherds. He doesn't have to do anything there. When he goes to Mathura, he has to establish dharma, teach, and so forth. But in Vrindavan, he's only, only playing. And the way Vyas describes that Leela, he describes it from the birth up until the point where Krishna is now going to leave the bucolic setting of Braj and enter into the metropolitan world of Mathura, where there's the king, Kamsa, and he is, his atrocities are generated from there and so forth. Well, as the Leela is playing out to that point where it's just about to leave, what's happened is the full vision of, of Braj, this, 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 this uh, rural um, area that's, that's equated in the Tantra with Krishna himself, it's a manifestation of his own, own form. The Jamuna is his central nervous system, for example. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, beautiful and cryptic, but cryptic descriptions there. And um, he, he's just about to leave this region, but the region has been fully developed, so to speak, because he's, he appears to have aged from childhood to boyhood to ad- adolescence. His love life has begun. Mm-hmm all three features of his personality. He's the son of Nandiyasoda. He's the friend of Subal. He's the lover of Radha. These three personalities, they, they refer to his elders, his equals, and his lovers, his devotees, his personalities correspond with them. All these are fully, three are fully in play in Braj at the time when he's in the Lili, he's just about to depart and return to teach the Gita and so other things that he does, of course, in the course of that um, departure. So if we were to freeze the Leela there and not let him go to Dwarka, that is the section, the Prakash, the window of the unmanifest or the invisible Leela that we want to enter into. Hmm? There, Sakiras, Madhuras is, is fully facilitated. Now, corresponding with that, we have this Gore Leela, right? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is appearing on earth, but it has its um, invisible expression as well. So where in the Prakat Leela, manifest Leela, visible Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, will we find that equal, that, that similar Prakash, that window that we want to freeze, that frame of the movie, if you will, the drama of Krishna that will freeze and enter into that section. Hmm? I don't mean it's frozen in a static sense, but it's frozen there and then every day, every eternal day is, 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 has a similar outline or structure, but full of nuanced uh, leelas of Krishna, right? So in, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's leela, in the Prakar leela, the manifest leela, again, this is in historical time, so we can give some dates on this. In, uh, in, at the end of... Uh, 
1508 by our, uh, our calendar. Uh, at that time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu began to manifest his Leela as a, as a devotee. Hmm? And um, began performing his kirtan in the, in the house of courtyard of Shiva Stakur and so forth. In July, that was in December of 1508, in July of 1509, Nityananda Prabhu appeared hmm, on the scene. So this is Balaram appearing in, in, in Gaur Krishna Leela, right? Now, with Balaram's appearance, it, it's complete. Everyone's there. Hmm? All the players are there that need to be there. Now we move ahead and to maybe January of 1510, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is leaving. Hmm? Navadweep, the beautiful uh, town uh, uh, along the bank of the Ganges, the nine islands there, hmm? um, the Ganga Delta, where the Ganga meets the, meets the Bay, of, Bay of Bengal. So we're talking about a um, little more than a year. Hmm? Stop it right there. Just before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu takes sannyas and goes to Jagannath Puri, this is analogous in Krishna Leela, to Krishna leaving Vrindavan and going to Mathura, dealing with Kamsa and so, and so on and so forth. So he frees Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela there, visible Leela, the recorded historical Leela, and we get some idea of kind of the framework and the outline of the invisible Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that we want to enter into. And basically what it is, is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is fully a, a, a Vaishnav for all of his friends, the Vaishnavas, they're all singing and chanting Krishna Kirtan daily, worshiping. Uh, this is how they conduct themselves. All the angas, the limbs of bhakti that are described by Rupa Goswami and Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, they're performing them all. They're getting, all, they're getting the results hmm, that can come from those angas at any time, but might not come every time you do them. Every time they do them, they get these extraordinary results. It's a very ecstatic uh, scene, if you will. And central to that scene, uh, we should mention, is the courtyard of Shivas. Shivas Thakur is one of the principal associates, a member of the Panchatattva, principal associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And his house and uh, an extended uh, courtyard was the, um, was the uh, theater of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Rasak Sankirtan, which was conducted every night into the wee hours of the morning with his associates. This, this uh, sacred geographical center within the Navadweep area, if you will, the Dam, is uh, indirectly referred to here in this verse of Srimad Bhagavatam, where it is mentioned that Chaktva, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, gave up something. Hmm? He gave up something. He renounced something. Now, what he renounced is absolutely devastating in comparison, particular to wit, that which he asks us to renounce. What he renounced hmm, for the purpose of asking us to renounce is extraordinary. He asked us to renounce things that have no value whatsoever. He asked us to renounce fake news, fakeness, fake things, 
fake world, fake body, <laughs> fake mind. It's not real. It's asad. It won't. It won't. It, 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 it's. Uh, it won't endure. It has no power to afford us enduring happiness whatsoever. He asks us to give that up. Now, <laughs> that's not much to ask. To let go of things that aren't in your own interest. And which, and which, which ones? All of them. All of them. That's right. You can turn off the television, turn off the computer, you just to uproot yourself. You have to die, says, I just to live in this world of sadhana with others. Hmm? We come talk about what you saw last night at the Arctic. Hmm? You hear what somebody else saw, what song they sang. Hmm? What happened to them in their, their puja when they were worshiping their Govardhan Shila in the morning? Hmm? You take now, you, so you, you, can, you can take a picture. You can use your modern technology and show it, just see. Hmm? If you're not taking pictures of your deity, you must not be thinking they're very beautiful. You must not be paying attention. Hmm? You say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, so you have to be a devotee. You have to devote yourself. Then you'll see something beautiful there. What you got from chanting in the morning, what you didn't get, hmm? sit together at night and discuss. I didn't get anything, it seemed. Then let's talk about it. Hmm? What were you thinking about? <laughs> Why were you thinking about that? Hmm. There's a nice story that uh, was in the book that I mentioned the other day of Purimarj's, uh, Purimarj's biography. And he was sitting in, in the la his last years were spent in Jagannath Puri. And uh, he was... Uh, uh, mumbling something that was seen that his assistant there um, said, what was that, uh, Burmarge? And, uh, and he said, oh, no, I, I was talking to Lord Jagannath. And uh, so the servant uh, excused himself and went away. And the next day he came back and he apologized. said, I want to apologize to you that you know, I, I, was, I was speaking to you and, and you were talking to, to, to Jagannath. Hmm? And Burmarge said, Every night before I go to bed, I tell him everything that I did for the day. I tell Jarpanath what I did. Hmm? This, this, this is the, how you want to have a relationship with your deity? Hmm? Sit and tell him everything that you did. Now, are you sure you want to do that? Do the things that you did <laughs> or talk to him? <laughs> do they go together? Hmm? I did this. I did that. Hmm? However distracted it was, it's worth telling him. It will help you not to, not to be distracted the next time. This is how he was spending his time every night talking to Jagannath. I did this, I did this, I thought this, I thought that. This time this happened. Hmm? Very charming, very beautiful, very profound. Hmm? His relationship with Krishna is not something that is the theoretical, hmm? theological, but real. Hmm? So, so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he, he gave up something to ask us to give up something. Now, what he asks us to give up is give up working against your own self-interest. Give that up. Stop hurting yourself. Stop distracting yourself. 
stop missing out on the opportunity that's being afforded you by the Guru Parampara. This is just like not much to ask. But he took such trouble to do that. What was the trouble? Says here. He gave up the Raj Lakshmi. Suripsita. Sudusjita. He gave up that which is very difficult to give up, that which the gods, Suripsita, are always trying to get. The gods are always trying to get. Lakshmi. Wealth. Fortune. Good fortune. He had good fortune personified as his uh, partner, Vishnu Priya, Raj Lakshmi. He gave her up and all that, of course, that goes with that, which we should, we, should, we, should, we, should, we should go into. Everyone wants Lakshmi, wants good fortune, even the gods. Of course, here, what they really want is that the fortune that Lakshmi has, the devotion that she has, that they themselves lack, even the gods. This is real wealth. And she had such devotion. When Chaitanya, this is about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sanyas, as I mentioned. When he, it, there are different descriptions in the different uh, biographical texts, Chaitanya Bhagavat, Chaitanya Mangal, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sanyas. Um, the um, description in Chaitanya Mangal, of Lochandas, is very much centered on the plight of Vishnu Priya relative to his own bhava. The description in Chaitanya Bhagavat is uh, Nityananda Prabhu plays a prominent part relative to the bhava of Vrindavan Nastakur, Sakya Bhava. In uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita, the description is uh, by Krishna's Kaviraj relative to his bhava as well. Therein, to go through them backwards now, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyas and Chaitanya Charitamrita and it's not that these circumstances aren't there in each text, but they're not emphasized or they're not mentioned. Other, other features or aspects of his taking sannyasa are emphasized, again, relative to the Baba of the, of the, of the author. Chaitanya Charitamrita, we find Krishna's Kaviraj's um, description. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was chanting. Hmm, what was he chanting? Gopi, 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 Gopi. So some Brahmins said, you don't chant Gopi, Gopi, chant Krishna, Krishna. You will not get piety by chanting Gopi, Gopi, but by chanting Krishna, Krishna, you'll get piety. So to think that by chanting Krishna, you'll get material piety, only that is an, an offense to the name. So that was intolerable. But aside from that, internally, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was absorbed in the mood of a gopi and taking the gopi's side in love quarrels with Krishna. And he was interrupted. So then he decided, I should take sannyas. These people don't understand who I am. I'll teach them. I came to teach about gopi bhav. To make, turn people into gopis. That's what I came to do primarily. These people don't understand. Let me create a teachable moment by taking sannyas because 
Now then I'll wear the saffron dress in a sea of white and everyone will think, oh, there's somebody to talk to who has something to say about the more of life, right? Chaitanya Charit Bhagavad, as I said, Vrindavan Das Thakur was a Sakiras Bhakta. So his description of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sanyasa very much uh, brings Nityananda Prabhu in the, into, the, into the picture. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu telling him about his, his desire to take sannyas, asking permission from Nityananda Prabhu, Nityananda Prabhu's response and so forth. Hmm? In Chaitanya Mongol, we find uh, the book of, of um, um, Lotion Das Thakur. He, he has some uh, affinity for Vishnu Priya, the consort of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So his description of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sannyasa is very much centered on, on Vishnu Priya in, 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 in comparatively. Hmm? There, the description is, and that's the subject here, of course. He gave up Vishnu Priya, he gave up Raj Lakshmi to talk to us about giving up things that aren't worth having. And, and this was very difficult to do because, um, because of who she is and all that, all that, that implies. In other words, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in, in Lochana Dastakur's description, he had a dream. In the dream, Krishna appeared to him and gave him the sannyas mantra. And it went into his heart and he couldn't get it out. And so then he began to tell his associates, I can't get this sannyas mantra out of my heart. What can be done? And they then reasoned with him why he shouldn't take sannyas and so on and so forth, given their attachment to him, their praying for him, their affection for him. And then he heard all that and he lectured them about basic I, basic 101 of spiritual life, detachment, and so on and so forth. This is, of course, a drama, a leela. So he's instructing them about the basics of spiritual life. They're really, their attachment for him is quite warranted. It's, it's, they're, they're ragatmikas. They have inborn praying for him. Hmm? Um, to separate himself from them, it, this is a huge... very difficult to do. He's, one of the qualities of Krishna is that he's surrounded by, by uh, prema madhurya, devotees endowed with a very special kind of prema, sambarma sevamano, not an or, or ordinary even serving, but very uh, uh, comprehensive type, captivating type of loving service disposition to separate himself from that, to come after us, the people of the world, was very, uh, very difficult to do. That was his leela, though. Hmm? So he lectured them. Word, of course, went around town. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu takes him to us. And of course, it got back to his mother. So beautiful description of his mother's uh, also arguments as to why he should not take him to us. And then he lectures her. Hmm? in a way that's very pertinent to our own uh, circumstances and so forth. Hmm? The need to hear about uprooting oneself from material attachments and so forth. Hmm? And, uh, and finally, of course, he, at the end of the day, he meets with Vishnu Priya and, and she's heard about that. She knows his desire and she expresses, will you take sannyas? And then very tender exchange where he tells her ultimately, in this Leela, both you and I see our other Leelas, he reveals them to her, he shows himself. And then he says, in this Leela, we are here to cry, to weep. Hmm? 
in one sense, for, for, for the people of the, of the world, hmm? to give them the opportunity to enter into this Navadvip, enter into this kirtan at the courtyard of Shiva Stakur, that's so central to the uh, Gur Lila. Hmm? There, every night, in Aprakat, in the Invisible Lila, every night, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is leaving his own quarters, heading to Shiva Sangam, in the mood of Radharani, stealing into the night, as she does, during the Nisha Lila, the, the end Lila, to meet with Krishna, to rendezvous with him. Arrangements having been made, messages having been exchanged, where the place will be, assisted by her uh, handmaidens, Krishna assisted by his, his, his intimate friends and so forth. In this mood, Krishna, Ch- Krishna Chaitanya goes to the house of Srivastakura, and there the house is turned over to him entirely. Hmm? Just for his, it's existing just for his, his kirtan. Hmm? I've given a nice uh, explanation of this. Um, Shivas Thakur, of course, is a, is a prominent person, as I mentioned, in Chaitanya Lila. And um, he's described by Kabi Karnapur as incarnation of Narada. Hmm? Narada, of course, is an expansion of the coward friend of Krishna named Madhu Mangal, the Brahmin in Krishna Lila, who's a pujari in Nanamaj's house, worshipping the deity of Narsingadev. Shivas Thakur, of course, in his house, is worshipping the deity of Narsingadev. One day when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to visit him and he was locked in the, in the, in the, in the room doing puja, Mahaprabhu broke down the door and said, see me, I am who we were worshiping. And Mahaprabhu manifested a form of Nishingadev before him and said, may, may offer some praise. And Jivastaku began to sing beautiful prayers from Brahma, saturated with Sakyarasa of Brahma in the Brahma Vimohan Lila, describing the form of Krishna that he was seeing. Hmm? Um, uh, Shiba, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, of course, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu arranges a mock debate between Shiva Stakur and Surup Damodar. What are the virtues and the opulence of Vrindavan compared to that of Vaikuntha? Vaikuntha is overtly opulent. Hmm? And Vrindavan, by comparison, is, is a village place. But Vrindavan does, or, or uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Sri Damodar wins the debate, of course, by extolling the virtues of the praying of Braj and how it affords intimacy with, with Krishna in a way that's not possible in Vaikuntha. This is its real wealth and so forth. So he's the winner and Sri Vastakur acknowledges, yes, you're the winner, and he slaps his arm, his hand under his armpit, making a sound that is typical of Madhu Mangal, the Brahmin farcical Brahman of, of Krishna Lila. In Gopal Champu, we find Jiva Goswami's description of Madhu Mangal, uh, Narada as the expansion of Madhu Mangal and so forth. So, point being what? That here we find that, that in Gaur Lila, it is the Priyasaka, Priyanarmasaka of Krishna, who, whose heart, Shivas, Shri means Radha and Vas means residence. Hmm? So his heart became a residence for Radha. Madhu Mangal is also a servant of Radha, his friend of Krishna. And he made, in, in Gorlila, in the form of Shivastakra, he made his house in his courtyard, the place where Krishna Chaitanya could, could fully taste the Rasas and Kirtan, in the mood of Radha, taste the Rasalila. This is what's going on eternally. We get a slight window of that 
as I say, in the Prakat Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu takes him as. Chaktavasu just turns the lips to the Rajlak, and he gave up. This is such a beautiful life. If you look at that, that window, that one or, plus, one or so years, how happy everyone is in Navadvip. First of all, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very attractive, but he wasn't a Vaishnava, so everyone loved him except the Vaishnavas, who used to argue with him, why you're not a Vaishnava. They also loved him, but he was not a Vaishnava, so they had to avoid his association. But they couldn't. He was too nice, <laughs> too attractive, too wise. And then he became a Vaishnava. Imagine how they felt. And now they had him in their midst. And they had flashes. He must be Krishna. He's Krishna. We're his associates. Maybe we are his associates. They're living in this for a year, and then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu suddenly takes sannyas. The, the contrast, how their life had ascended hmm, to, to, the, to what heights of, they were completely fulfilled. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was married now, settled. Hmm. Every night they would do kirtan, there would be Bhagavatam class by Gadadhar Pandit. Hmm. Saints would visit. This is the Leela, right? Hmm. Every day, Saints coming to Navadvip, every feasts at different houses, bathing in the Ganga Kirtan at night, Artik at Shantipur for Advaita's mother Mohan, back to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's house for Bhagavatam class, Artik there, Kirtan of Sangam, so forth and so on, hmm? throughout the whole day. Hmm? Their lives were perfect. And now the center of their whole life is taking sannyas and leaving. Hmm? And Vishnu Priya had left amongst all of them, more than anyone else, to weep. She could not go. It said she used to stay and do japa of Krishna Nam, and after every mantra, take one grain of rice and move it from one part of the table into a clay pot. When she could chant no more than whatever rice she had collected from counting her, her japa, she would cook, and that's what she would eat. And she maintained her life like this. So her sainthood became something very attractive to Lochandas Thakur, as I mentioned in his, his work. So this verse is about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's taking sannyasa, and it says, Chaktivasudhus He gave up something very, very difficult. Hmm? Association of Vishnu Priya, and all that that includes, all of his associates and so forth. He gave that up hmm? to ask us to give up, as, we, as we'll hear, something else. Hmm? But speaking further about his sannyasa, it says, Dharmishta Arya Vachasalyaragadaranyam. There was one Brahmana who wanted to enter into the kirtan at Srivasa's house with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but, but he was not allowed to enter. And the next day he met Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he was very angry with him. I uh, could not enter and see your, your dancing and enter your kirtan. And so, because I could not enter your house, I curse you that you will not be able to live in a house means you, you will have to take sannyas, which from a, from a, <laughs> it sounds like a bad thing. We, we're talking about it as a good thing, but typically people think it's okay for my son to be religious, but not too religious. I mean, for my daughter, not, not, not to go and live with Swami or anything. I mean, you can, you can like him and everything like that. You can read his books, but to uproot entirely, you, you can, but you can come. You can make your life easy, just get a tent, that's all. You don't have to have any money. If you have money, then you should give it. Because it's, it's bad if you keep it, it will be bad for you. You'll definitely spend it in ways that are less fruitful than if you give it up. 
for Krishna. Hmm. There's no way that you could possibly spend a penny hmm, better than giving it for Krishna's seva, Vaishnava seva. Hmm. But you don't have to have money if you think that's a problem. You can just come and live in the tent. Chant Hare Krishna. Solve all the problems. Hmm. So this Brahman, anyway, he cursed Mahaprabhu. Well, you can't live in a house. Hmm. Yeah, it means he'll have to be a, a, a renunciate, which is oh, terrible for everybody. It's, you know, relative to the drama, to the leela. He'll leave us. But Mahabharata was very dharmisha, very religious. Sometimes he's manifest as six arms. The two arms of Ram, who is so morally stout, righteous, dharmic, that's shocking. No one could be so dharmic, so he realized he must be God. No one could be so morally concerned and uh, so he had the moral uh, stoutness of Ram, and he was a mendicant. So he appears with the with the arms of, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu holding the danda and the water pot, and the hands of Krishna playing the flute. Um, he's preoccupied with Krishna Lila, but he has the morality of 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 Ram, which makes us helps us understand that Krishna's super. Super, Krishna Lila is a supermoral realm. Although it looks immoral, it's actually supermoral. Hmm? So Mahaprabhu was very dharmic, and therefore when the Brahmin cursed him, he wanted that the Brahmin's curse would come true. Namo Brahmanya Devaya. This is Krishna. So, so it, was a, it, it is a kind of a prediction that, that he would take sannyas. Dharmishta Ayi Vachasa. Aranyam. Aranyam means the forest. He will go into the forest, this verse describes. Forest means Mundaban. Hmm? Consciously. He will leave the world, enter into Mundaban. Hmm? And in the context of doing that, This is the last part of the verse, so we'll conclude with this. Inter, for internal reasons, he went to Mundaban. For external reasons, he took sannyas, mayamrigam, out of dipes, out of great compassion for those who are mayamrigam. That means us, who are attached to things that have no value. For us, building sand castles and spending all day and night, all day thinking about the sand castle, all night dreaming about it. And in the moment, a wave will come and wash it away. The whole thing. For this kind of madness, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went mad. What is his madness? He gave up Vishnu Priya, Murari, all of his associates in Navadvip, Sachi. He left them. They had praying for him. He left them. That's madness. For us, who are, for or our madness, driven by our madness, hmm? to try to cure us of our, of our, of our madness by his dispensation of Namsan Kirtan. So we encourage him to be Sumedasan, very intelligent, hmm? as one of the earlier verses tonight describes, and take advantage of Krishna's dispensation of Namsan Kirtan. Hmm? And um, it very much involves, if you want to be successful, you cannot start a fire and pour water on it, start a fire and pour water on it. Hmm? 
No, you need dry wood. So you have to you give up the, the soap, the apparent juice of material enjoyment. It's it's poison, actually. And in jest, instead, the, the, the lila of Krishna Kirtan, the, the narratives of Krishna Krishna lila, engage in Krishna Kirtan. All of these nice practices of bhakti, study the practices of bhakti that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally exemplified, and exemplified the fact that they can produce extraordinary results. Now, we'll need good company to do this. So we encourage you to take advantage of sadhusanga. And if that's difficult, well, good things are not um, acquired without effort. So I'm asking you to take some difficulty, make yourself uncomfortable. You're already uncomfortable. So this is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's disposition. Shriman Mahaprabhu ki gai. Gaur Abhibhav Mahotva ki gai. Gaur Pranamundi. Anybody have a question? It's a long talk, so I won't um, keep you, but any pressing question comes immediately. You can ask if you need to, to attend to your rounds and other things, important things, you can sign off. <laughs> Hello, can you speak louder? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to see. I mean, does anyone have a question? Can you see where you can press the whole verse? Where Well, I thank you for the opportunity to speak on this day and for your inquiring hearts and minds. And I hope something from this uh, will be uh, advantageous to you, something you can take advantage of. And, and um, I hope to be available on Sunday again for our call, which occurs at 8.30 in the morning Pacific time. So, so much. Yes. Bye. 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 Bye.